And now we're recording. And for the third day in a row, we're going to start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico, from our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beach, and from Lisa's dining room table next to Sticks in a Vase, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, 4-on-1, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who this year are celebrating Valentine's Day by skipping down their beaches, wearing Cupid wings, telling everyone I love you, and giving them cinnamon hearts and Hershey kisses. And I love you, and I love you, and I love you. Bringing the world together, it's Humble and Fred. That's very well done, Dan Duran. Very well done. Very creative. Our Valentine's guest today is Jackie Delaney. Returning to the program, she works in the Senate of the uh, Canadian uh, Parliament, and uh, she's been very outspoken for the last four months. Her and I have gone back and forth quite a bit about the Hamas-Israel situation. And today, Foreman, I guess four and a half months later, we'll uh, get her on and see what she thinks and see uh, this very complicated situation see where it's headed what she thinks and uh, we haven't talked about it uh, much lately on the program so you know what we'll do fred we'll unpack it yeah <laughs> does uh now is she of uh the jewish uh, she's not faith no i don't think oh. so on any level okay well i don't know on any level what does that mean you know uh like do i i don't know no she's not delaney i believe her real name is uh yeah jackie budden Delaney was her name on the radio, but I don't think she's right. Jewish. Okay. Yeah, you can, a radio person, you can't go by their name, Howard. Her last <laughs> name could be Schwartz. That's know. right. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> um, but to begin the show, uh, just to say Dan Duran has a cold. And uh, Dan, uh, that's not like you. You usually, you know, pretty healthy. Yeah, that surprised the hell out of me when I started feeling that scratchy thing at the back of my throat yesterday afternoon. <laughs> You know, it used to well, be, guys, you could just have a cold. Now you have a cold, and the first thing I thought of is, have you tested yourself yet? Right. <laughs> My theory was he caught it at the theater guild, where there's a bunch of old people just hanging around all day. But he claims he got it from Lisa, who maybe got it on a plane <laughs> from Florida. Yeah. What? No, I was just laughing. It's just the image of a, a bunch of... What you actually called it was the Wrinkled People's... The young, yeah, what did you call it? Wrinkled, pe- wrinkled People's Theater. Theater, yeah. Yeah. And, and just a bunch of old people wheezing. And then mm-hmm. there's dry skin in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Dan's cut and a bug from it. we hang up at night on the wall. <laughs> Some of them are homeless. They just go there to stay out of it's the cold. It's because it's warm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, old people, need, old people are cold and they're bored. <laughs> you know, I've told you fellas about this really, really kind gentleman here uh, that I met the very first day I was at this complex. And I told we had a conversation about his name. His name is Gail Like the Wind. That's how he introduces himself. And I've gotten to know Gail and his wife. They're from uh, Helena, Montana. And they're just the nicest folks. And they have the sort of floor condo. So their backyard is, is the backyard of the condo. It's very nice. Some beautiful trees and a pool. So I was out there talking to him, I guess, a couple nights ago. 
And uh, I want to bring this up to the two of you because you're, we're all getting older. And I think they're probably 10 years older than we are. They're somewhere in their 70s. But it was, four, uh, this is true, 4.30 in the afternoon and Gail Like the Wind and Mrs. Gail Like the Wind were sitting there having their dinner. And I don't mean a snack, fellas. I'm talking about their supper, including a nice glass of wine each. And, you know, they were a, a plate of food. Make, um, my point is, make no mistake, this wasn't an afternoon snack. Are you with me so far? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so I went back to my condo and I thought, okay, when does that begin? When does eating at 4.30, when does that start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Are they, what is their, are they American? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Canadian, American? Uh, Helena, Montana is where they're from. I, I think I included that in my description. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, maybe if they were from, like next to us, there's a couple from Argentina. And I would imagine he's probably in his 60s and she's in her 50s and she just has this smoking body you would not believe. Like she wears like a... A bikini like a 20-year-old wouldn't wears it well. Anyway, you know, you can just... The point being, some type of people from those lands, they have different um, habits when it comes to eating and what they eat and what time they eat. And I would, I'll give you that, but usually the people from those places, from, you know, uh, European countries or especially, uh, you know, Latin America, they're not eating until 10 o'clock at night. My question is, yeah. we, you know, it's, it's cliche, the old, you know, mom and dad is having dinner at 4.30. But these people were having dinner before 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm not against it. Well, I mean, I get it. Well, you know, that thing, uh, Dahl and I like to eat usually around 5.30. Is that acceptable? Well, I'm not judging any of it. I'm just asking the question. When does the 4.30 dinner time start? Oh, okay. When you ask the question like that, it's almost like you're thinking, well, that's an old people thing. Well, it is. It is. They're 10 years older than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, what's that thing? You know, it's good to have eaten by 7 o'clock or something on a normal cycle or something. However, that works. But I, I, I don't have the answer to the question. I guess, you know, when you, you get hungry. <laughs> or when you go to bed at 8. Dan, what time do when you, you eat? When you go to bed at 8. Yeah, right. Dan, what time do you eat? Normally about 6.37-ish is yeah. kind of where it ends up being. Maybe even 8. But, 8? Uh, I'm having snacks by 8. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> by your own measure of this conversation, well, I, I, you've become I, an Elbert I, then. I, I, uh, listen, I have no judgment around it. I just saw it, and I went, okay, well, this is, this is 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. These people are going to, this is going to be me. When will I start eating? I, I don't, you know, I ate last night at 6.30, quarter to 7. It's not like I'm eating mm-hmm. at 10. It's not like I'm going out on the town. What time does Gail like the wind get up? Uh, I don't know. Probably, I mean, who, who gets up earlier than we do? We've been getting up, the three of us have been getting up in the middle of the night for most of our lives. At least Freddie and I have. Yeah, yeah but old people. Don't they get up earlier and earlier? They go to bed earlier and earlier? I think so. Isn't that the whole thing you're talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. That's a habit I'm sliding into. Yeah, by 9, 9.30, I'm ready. What's the use? (laughs) (laughs) What's the use? 
Mm-hmm. Really, I ask God. myself several times a day. I just look and go, what's the use? Why do I bother? Why do I bother? Um, to further this, uh, I, I mentioned the people from uh, Argentina. And while I'm walking along the beach yesterday, I'm thinking, well, two things. Number one. I'm in my late 60s. Here I am walking in a beach in the Dominican Republic. You know, I'm not fully retired, but the whole idea is when you get to retirement age to be able to do that type of thing. And I can and I am. And that's a small sense of satisfaction. Plus, I mentioned the people from Argentina. Like, that's another great thing about doing what we're doing. Like, I've met people from Argentina, Western Canada, from Germany. Oh, yes, Germany. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. United States. And you're all sort of together. And as you get to know each other over the weeks you're here or the several days or whatever, it's, uh, you know, those conversations you have from peop- with people from all over the world you don't normally have at home, right? I, 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 uh, I agree. It's a cool aspect. It's a cool aspect. You know, because below me is Gale Like the Wind from uh, Montana. Below you. Below you. I will not. Below me. <laughs> you know, even as that came out, I was I like, even am I actually you. saying below me? <laughs> below me. Hey, what you just said about visiting, uh, traveling? Below me. Uh, next door to me is a couple who's, who are living here for a year. They came here from Germany. That's right, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hang out with lots of people from Western Canada, not just my brother, but there's a bunch of people here. And this dude, I've, him and his wife, I got to know, he's from South Africa. They've been living here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's an, it's an opportunity to... We're all doing the same thing, which is, you know, getting away from cold weather somewhere. Yeah. You know, my cousin Glenn, he's in Mazatland. And last year he had a Winnebago. He tried the... He bought the Winnebago, uh, you know, towed the car, did Texas, Southern Florida. Went into Mexico for a day and the cops ripped him off. Told him he didn't have the proper... You know, license or something. He did anyway. It cost him one fifty US. He thought, "Screw it, I'm not doing this anymore." Anyway, along the way, they had met these people, I believe, from Colorado, and um, and uh, these people from Colorado during the summer bought a duplex in Mazatland and offered them the other half at a greatly reduced price to spend four months there. And I thought, "Oh, that's fantastic!" And then we're talking back and forth. That I said, "Is he a trumper?" And he said, you know what? We've never, ever, ever, ever talked politics. Yeah, it doesn't come up much. No, and I thought, you know, that's cool. Not that Glenn's really into politics anyway. To what level, I don't know. But I thought, that's interesting. Like, day to day, they see each other every day. They have dinner together. They go out together and everything. He said it just never, ever comes up. And if it does, he will steer away from it. You know, the only, I, I never bring it up. Although, when I was talking to Gail and his wife, while they were having their dinner... I, when they found when I found out they were from Montana, I said, you know, I lived in Western Canada, and Montana is sort of below, sort of Saskatchewan, Alberta. Mm-hmm. And then they asked me, I, we're talking about where I lived, and I said, I lived in California for a while, and I said, I always thought it was interesting because interesting, 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 uh, that California, with a population of nearly forty million people, has the same electoral college votes as Montana, which has two. Right, and the only politics they that we had, I said, I thought I always found that fascinating. They told me that their state legislature, which is um, based in Helena, which is the capital of Montana, only meets for four months every two years, and that made them very happy. They said, "We don't want any, we don't." I said, "Only four months ago, that's enough for us. We don't want them meddling in our lives anymore." And that was the most political conversation I've had 
in the three weeks I've yeah. been here. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I haven't. I, there's not a lot of Americans down here in the Dominican. I find. So I haven't been in any situation last year or this year where that conversation is had. Where you and I spend other than, last, other than on this show last yeah last yeah last winter when you and I were in San Miguel there were way more Americans there I have found mm-hmm. and the two visits mm-hmm. I've had there this area seems to be a lot of Europeans a lot of Western Canadians mm-hmm. not as many Eastern Canadians but a, a big community of Calgary Edmonton West Coast. And soon, Dan Duran. Very excited. Everyone's very... I talked to my brother yesterday, Dan, who was our uh, housemate for a while there back in the day. And David is... He, David is very excited and intrigued about spending time with you. Has nothing but fond memories of you, as do we all. Oh, that's, that's very nice. And he's going to be around when I'm, I'm there? He's not taking mm-hmm. off or anything? That's kind of the point of it, yes. You know, by the way, I know what made me laugh. Every time somebody says Winnebago, I always think of Winnebago. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, maybe because I'm a Jew. But yeah, mm-hmm. are you driving a Winnebago? No, it's, that's not how you pronounce it, Howard. Yes, David's going to be here. That's why he's looking forward to uh, spending time with you. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I got that taken care of. Hey, I checked with the Oracle. And uh, many elders suffer from constipation, so this can affect the way your elder patients eat. Particularly, they may eat dinner earlier to avoid nighttime indigestion. So that may be another element to the early dinner thing. So if you're if you're <laughs> smooth note, in the moves, then you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny how this stuff comes up and then it sort of correlates. And I just and I won't name her because it would be embarrassing. I know an elderly woman, almost 90, uh, we just found out she had not had a bowel movement in 18 days. Can you imagine that? (laughs) No, No, I would. At what day do you start to think something's wrong? Day eight? (laughs) Of course, you lose your appetite and all those things and try this and try that. Try laxative. Try getting a coat hanger up there, whatever. But yes, I I love how that was your second thing. You try a laxative (laughs) and then a coat hanger. Are there no steps between laxative and coat hanger in your mind? Um, you know, uh, Dan, uh, well, we, what we hear at the office, well, we'll try a laxative, and if that doesn't work, we're going straight to coat hanger. <laughs> and, you know, guys, that's that's the truth. Oh, like I, that, I believe it is. That is the, and it was like, what? What did she do? And then finally they solved it. But my God, bad enough being 90, but I'm 90 and I haven't had a shit in almost three weeks. Jesus. Yeah, especially at, at 90, I think. made people. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, at 90, having a good shit, that'd be as close to this, you know, that's that's yeah. like an or, no, orgasm for a 90-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, and again, how these things come up, speaking of, you know, older people, there's a 100-year-old uh, I want to make sure I get this right. A 100-year-old Iranian man who has who will be competing in the World Aquatics Masters Championships this month. He's a he's a diver, uh, a 100-year-old Iranian diver who will be unsurprisingly Dan, not the oldest diver in the competition. Although he will he apparently is the oldest muff diver in the competition. <laughs> <laughs> all of that, by, all of that, was just to go to Muff Diver. 
<laughs> he's still Dan. He's still muff diving at age one hundred. Well, that's there's hope for us all. Then what uh, what do you think as a diver at that age is the maximum diving three feet he's down doing? three feet? He's just, <laughs> he's just it's a three foot dive into the shallow end. Imagine your point is his bones are going to start disintegrating when he gets the water. That's the thing. He will shatter. I I just think part of the thing that made me laugh about that, besides the fact that I wanted to say muff diver a bunch, is if you're 100 years old, you go into this competition and then you get there and you think, hey, I've got to be the oldest guy in this competition. And then you get there and there's some guy who's like a couple years older than you. You're like, damn, I can't. Can I get something? Hundred <laughs> year old Iranian diver. Anyway. Right on. Right on. He's not in the women's division, is he? No, he's not. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Dan, are you in the mood for a very inappropriate priest joke, or do you wish I wouldn't do that? Uh no, the priests are fine. Uh, I'm not a big fan of priests. Okay. The priests. Well, you know, they're it's to to each their own. To each their own. Uh, Dan, what's the uh, what's the difference between a priest and Woody from Toy Story? Uh, no idea. What's the difference between a priest and a, and Woody from Toy Story, Dan? Woody yeah. goes limp when a child walks in the room. It's <laughs> <laughs> a priest joke, right there. That's a that's a priest joke, Dan. Got it. Okay, well, thanks for that. I'll put it in the pile of priest jokes if I ever need them. Do you want to hear another joke, Dan? Is it priests again? It's not priests. It's actually a tamer joke. What's a, what's a, what do a nearsighted gynecologist and a puppy have in common? I don't know. What a, a, nearsighted, a nearsighted gynecologist, Dan. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's uh, what does a nearsighted gynecologist and a puppy have in common? They both have a wet nose. <laughs> There's a, some jokes for Valentine's Day for you, Dan. Thank you. You collecting those on your beach walks? <laughs> <laughs> That's when I got them. I was like, I got a couple jokes for Dan. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that to me. Hey, are you, uh, Freddie? You doing anything for your uh, your uh, your lovely wife, which you're abandoning, or she's abandoning? That's right. You guys are uh, separating. Valentine's. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about going out tonight. We haven't um, picked the destination yet. Although I got an email this morning from uh, Hi Fred. It's uh, we've arrived in the DR, staying at a, a cab. Ooh, ooh. Anyway, <laughs> whoever that is, north of disorder. Anyway. Recommending a restaurant here, Viento for dinner. I don't know, but we haven't. Uh, I'm sorry. Who, you, 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 who's that from? You can't. You can't mention or. Well, it's not that I. They're here. While you're there, are these friends so of yours or are those oh, no, fans I'm of sorry. ours? Oh, here, here's the here's. I'm sorry, guys. I received eventually in. I received this email December 2nd saying they were there in here in Cabarete. Yeah. Look how worried you got thinking it was somebody there now. Right. That's so humble. And Fred were like, oh, get, God damn went, it. I went, oh, oh, stranger danger like to hook up. Not that I wouldn't want to hook up with this person. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and feel them out. But yes. Um, yeah. It, it was you know, a guy named Ian. 
Yes. Hey Dan, you know, and you know. Again, I'm, you know, I'm just skimming that. So again, this sounds very disjointed. But well, no, but Dan, Dan knows us very well. Dan knows us. You and I love nothing better than to get together with strangers. Welcoming the world. Welcoming the world. Fred just froze now. Fred's gone. Do you see that? Oh. Fred just. Oh, there he is. Oh, back, back now, and he's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your uh, internet was just interrupted there for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says uh, internet connection, which is odd because. I'm getting an upload speed of over 40 here, so I don't understand that. I guess maybe it was a, a power blip or something. So you, uh, Dan asked you a question. What are you doing with Doll today for to celebrate? How many, it's got to be mm-hmm. of 60 Valentine's Days you guys have been together. Uh, I think this would be our 50th, actually. Amazing. Since we, our first Valentine, uh, yeah, our first, yeah, that's right, our first Valentine. Oh, would it have been 70? No, no, this would be, no, our 49th, because 1974, we didn't start going together until, I think, the spring, later in the spring, so. And Dan, what are you and girlfriend, fiance, future Mrs. Duran (laughs) planning today? I don't know. Now that I'm sick, we're probably not going to do anything. We're just putting that off, maybe. Haven't talked to her. She just got up, so I haven't really discussed this with her yet. Have you bought her a card and what have you, Dan? Yeah, a little something. Got a, a flower for her a couple of days ago. Nice. A flower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. You bought a flower? What kind of flower? In a pot with some, you know, nice leaves on it. So <laughs> <laughs> That sounds no, very romantic. Yeah. No, and that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Did you, and did you get her a card? No, I'm going to make one. Yeah, I made one this morning. Dilly spot me, like, you know, thinking ahead. Of course. Well, before we left Toronto or Brampton or whatever, she had bought a store-bought card, and it was there for me this morning, and I felt inadequate, so I quickly made her one, oh, which made her laugh, so it's all good. you know. That's all that all matters. Good. Yep, that's all that matters. Well, if you're curious, this will tell you, you know, everything you need to know about the state of my relationship. Uh I'm not seeing uh, the Signora until Sunday morning for breakfast. Nothing says nothing says uh, Valentine's Day means nothing than a four day <laughs> four. She can't see me tonight. Can't see me tomorrow. Friday, Saturday. So until un- nothing says nothing says this isn't going that great. Then having a Valentine's <laughs> Day breakfast four days later is Valentine's Day a thing in Mexico? This is my. I think our second, my second time being in Mexico for Valentine's Day, and I don't really remember. I haven't seen any decorations or what have you. So why can't you hook up tonight? She's busy. Not available. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, there are things. Listen, there are other things going on. Uh, oh, that no, are, I understand. That are um, not allowing us to be together today, mm-hmm. which is Fine. Fine. Well, it's Ash Wednesday, so maybe she's got some Ash Wednesday thing going on. Yeah, yesterday was uh, Fat Tuesday, and was today well, yet, was yesterday also the beginning of Lent? Yeah, no, it's today. Today's the Ash beginning Wednesday of Lent. Starts. Lent starts today, yeah. When I Lent what you is something. That again? Run that by me again. It's, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, it depends what your thing is, but it's uh, Lent, that whole period, Ash Wednesday, it's a day of prayer, fasting, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh... And Dan, correct me. Doesn't it go on? Doesn't it go on for forty days or something? Is it forty days or is that something else? Yeah. So what? What it is? You're supposed to sack. You're supposed to give something up for Lent. Mm. Yeah. 
makes sense. Dan, will you be giving up anything for the next 40 days? I haven't thought about it, but now that you bring it up, maybe I should. Uh, maybe bring I up. should. I'm going to give up yeah. bringing up. <laughs> I'm going to try not to bring up until Easter. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, to me, it's a day I get back all the tools I lent to my buddies. Mm-hmm. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies. You're workshopping that one, obviously. Yeah, there's, there's always a good lent joke. Did you lent me? Who lent me this? <laughs> All right, really boys. With season, Howie. Um, let's talk about this. What's that? Well, we've been te- well. We were teasing it, and we were supposed to talk about it all week long about your insurance issue. Remember, it was a huge. What was it? The week before last, yes. it was a huge issue. You rented a car, and the insurance costs were skyrocketing, and then. You uh, launched uh, some kind of a dispute, and, uh, and there's been a resolution or something? Yes, thank you, Fred. Uh, last time we talked, uh, I had launched a full Dan Duran assault on uh, several of the parties. I even consulted the president of wank.com, <laughs> Dan Duran. <laughs> I had a conversation. A, we had a consultation. Mm-hmm where Dan was very, very helpful in uh, telling me what he would do, what I think, what he thought I should do. The last we spoke, I had been offered what we all thought was a low-ball offer from one of the parties involved. And I should mention that, just without getting, I'll make this as simple as possible. Discovery Cars is a broker or an agent, a portal, a third party, if you will, where you go and you find, they find you the best car rental company and then you rent through that company. But Discovery Cars, which was highly, highly well-reviewed, were the, fir- were the people that I was trying to get some, I don't know, retribution, just, just some, some satisfaction out of... What's that, Dan? Refund. Well, at first I wasn't even... I just wanted to know why I'd been charged $2,800 more than the price that they helped me book through Europe Car. And Europe Car is a rental company. They're a big rental company. I've used them before, Freddie. I can't remember, but I, I think you said you've used them. Somebody else used them. Yeah. Very reputable so let's, company. Let, let's have the numbers here. You thought the car was going to cost you how many dollars? $2,000 is what I booked when I left Toronto. And I by just, the time I... I think it's going to cost me 2000 right? And by the and time I left the rental, 2800 more. So $4,800 is what um, you were on the hook for. Then what happened? And just to catch people up, mm-hmm. it's if you go on and just Google Europe Car Mexico or Avis or mm-hmm. uh, Budget or Hertz, all of them have the same reviews. Got to the airport, was forced or bullied or uh, threatened or cajoled into spending more money, which is what happened to me. And I, and I got to be honest, uh, the day that it, a couple of days after it happened, I, we did the show and I was feeling a little bit sheepish because I was like, you know, did I am I the you know, does this happen to me alone? But it, it happens to everybody here. Like you felt like you got taken because I, I felt a little bit stupid. A I felt yeah. stupid and I felt a little bit embarrassed. I was like, you know, should I have been stronger? Should I have refused it? I just got off a plane thinking my vacation was about to start. And this happened. Yeah. So I called Dan Duran at wank.com and they had offered me now to be clear, discovery cars offered me $400 in compensation. Mm -hmm. And Dan and I came up with a strategy. I pushed back 
and I wanted $4,800. (laughs) (laughs) Time and energy as well. Time and energy. I wasn't just looking for the $2,800. I wanted the whole shooting match. That's not true. Uh, Well, it's it's sort of true. I, I said, I think I said... I can't remember. I don't, have, don't have it in front of me. Um, but I said, I, you know, I should, I should, you know what? It's been a week. I said, uh, da, 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 da. I said, I appreciate you getting back to me mm-hmm. with your offer of the refund. Unfortunately, it's not enough. I was charged nearly twenty hundred. Blah 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 blah. I'm prepared to elevate it. I didn't actually put a number on it. Okay. I just said that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And the short of it is, they got back to me and said, sir. We're just the agent, okay. as I explained, third party, etc. We don't right. make any money off. We, we, we basically, they refunded me their agent's fee. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's ended. Then, having at the same time been going back and forth with Europe Car, they've now got back to me and said, because the contracts were all signed, which they were, I signed that, mm-hmm. we see no way that you know we don't get that you were ripped off you agreed to all these charges and that happened yesterday so my strategy now i was going to get back on the phone with dan duran and my strategy now is to say yeah that's true i did sign those things but under duress and then i was going to include a hundred reviews that showed a lot of people did the same thing so as it stands now i'm four hundred dollars uh compensated for that i didn't have before so it's so 24 has turned into 4400 that's right that's where it's still very steep and i i don't know how far you're going to get with the duress thing but it, it is true you're at the counter you're in a foreign land we've talked about this because i even went through this in florida you know you know with the line of scrimmage there you're like oh man i i don't want to leave myself vulnerable here yeah i'll just do it and they know that they know that so the duress thing it's hard to prove but it's part of their tactic. It's part of their, it's part of their business plan, I think. Let me make one final point. The, the company, okay. Europe Car, that's, that's why, Dan, that's my, my new strategy is to send them links to all these reviews. Because this isn't the first time they've heard this. It can't be. As I said, if you, if just for, and, and it's a good caution, word of warning, whatever. When you go to these countries... You know, you've got to come prepared. You've got to have all your paperwork. I probably should have had a letter from my credit card company, something I could have done where I could have refused the extra insurance. Anyway, my point is this. All I'm going to push back on Europe cars is saying I can show you this isn't the first time you guys have dealt with this. It's it's twenty eight hundred more than I expected to pay. What are you going to do about that? Because so far they've just said, well, you know, you signed the contract. Yes, I did. Mm hmm. Well, there's other things you can do is, you know, you can climb the ranks of both of those organizations because you're still kind of the entry level of the uh, of the experience. Uh, A lot of the stuff I've done, I've done over the phone just because you get a better sense of what's going on. Um, I mean, I don't know how it goes in Mexico, but there's a, there's a, a there's a corporate relationship between Europe Car and whoever's renting those cars. So mm-hmm. there's whatever you say it's duress, and that's you know there's probably misrepresentation in there. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know in Mexico what the legal system is like, but they know that 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 you don't. Well, you signed the contract. Well, you kind of had a bullet to your head. You know, there's kind or a gun to your head because you were like. Um, being told something that wasn't entirely true. If you felt pressure and mm-hmm. they were 
you know, if they were telling you something that wasn't true, then I would. But it all comes back to right. why did you sign it? Because I wanted the car. Yeah, but still, why did you sign it? If you didn't feel right, why did you take the car? Yeah. I mean, that's what it'll. That's the little circle you'll get caught in. So what the uh, Europe and Dan, I appreciate the. I mean, I'd love to go up the ladder and talk to somebody on the phone, but you know how hard it is to get somebody to get a number. I've tried calling. There's a Mexican number. It never. No one ever answers it. I, I mean, I. I suppose I could find a number for Europe Car Europe, but here's what Europe Car said to me in their email. They said. Uh, while uh, while we appreciate that you've stated the upgrade charge was not agreed to, I would be unable to comment further as I was not part of the verbal discussion. When the two parties involved are providing conflicting information, I can only base my decision by the documented evidence available, and that's where they get you, because they do have evidence that I signed these contracts. But, you know, what bothers me, when you go to rent the car, why is that not always explained? Like, when you look at the price, there should be, a you know, an exclamation mark or something or some asterisk saying, just so you know, this mm-hmm. is the price for that. But this it, once you get to our desk with insurance considerations, whatever it could cost you, it, why does it have to be that way? Depends on the country. I would imagine them with, with laws and regulations. By the way, Howard, uh, maybe there's a conversation for later. <clears throat> What was the difference between the insurance that you had and the insurance that they were recommending that cost more than the rental that you had already paid for? The amount? You'd already insured. Yeah, you already were insured for. I, I thought I, I clicked on rent. full coverage. Right. So the difference was the extra 35 U.S. a day or whatever it was. Right. But why? What? What is the, the upgraded insurance cover that your original didn't? Great question. I don't have it in front of me, but I thought it, the, the way they made it sounded is I needed the extra liability and I needed the, there was a whole bunch of other things it included, but they made it seem that the full coverage that I had opted for uh, was not going to cover me. Okay. And here's another thing, just to rehash this. And I didn't do that before I went to Florida the last time because I had done it many times, especially although I didn't before I went to Europe, I phoned my insurance company and said, I'm going here. What is my coverage? What do I have to do? So that, you know, if I'm in that situation and somebody's trying to sell me something that doesn't really seem to be fair, where do I stand with my own insurance company? And that's a good rule of thumb. And I did that. My insurance company Mm -hmm. said, you because I had just insured my car. We've had this discussion. Before you went, you did that. I I spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And he That's said two no. Two weeks ago, right, right. Yeah, before I went here, okay. I had this conversation. I said, "What is, is my insurance?" He said, "Not in Mexico. It doesn't." Isn't that something? Because mine did in Italy, and I guess it all depends. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Was, by the when, way, when I was in Italy, the guy threw me a curve and said, "The minute you drive into." Um, Naples, Napoli, Naples. Uh, the car, this car is not insured. So, just so you know, if this car goes missing, you better come up with the money. And then I'm thinking, oh, was that mean my insurance would cover it? And I had to make a call on that. And uh, it was it, again, it's unsettling. It's not what you want to be thinking about when you're on vacation. And uh, again, th- thanks for uh, indulging this. Uh, and tomorrow, by the way, we're going to start recording a couple new episodes of uh, Aging with Energy, the old guys' travel show. And we will expand on this. There are a couple other stories about renting cars, and it really is, a, I think, a, 
a valuable it's valuable information for all of us because at this age we're all going to be traveling and hoping to rent cars sometimes where we go a couple new episodes will be out for you uh, fans of that program in the next few days yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, Airbnb too. Some quirky little things that happen with Airbnb. Um, you know, hosts how sometimes they can be there at your beck and call, and then other times, you know, you're left scratching your head, like, why wouldn't they think of this? Why wouldn't they think of that? And that's sort of what I'm in right now. And I think it's also we we had talked about this. I think Airbnb as a concept for a lot of people our age. I'm I'm surprised sometimes running into people that have never used it. I I've used it many 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 times, and for the most part, it's a great option versus staying in a hotel. Uh, so those episodes are coming up. Dan Duran's going to sniffle his way through the news in about a half an hour's time. We look forward to that. And uh, Jackie Delaney will join us for a spicy conversation a few minutes from now. But first, the Fred Man. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for uh, small business. Uh, you know, uh, they've been a supporter of the Humble and Fred show now for several, several years. You know, 30,000 Canadian businesses part of this. They've been around for 40 years. It's fantastic for small business. It really works for small business. Small business being like, you know, a, a company with a couple of employees or maybe 100. You know, and sometimes you evolve as a company and you think, you know, a benefits package, that's the way to go. It's good for all concerned. Uh, you take the time to investigate. You go to chamberplan.ca and you find out it's affordable. Yes, it is. All these small companies together create the image of a large company. It makes purchasing insurance viable, be it uh, prescriptions, uh, dental, uh, therapies, mental health, travel. It's all there. Take the time today to investigate the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan for your small business, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Man, we had a great conversation yesterday with Mike Kazarian from Lender's Choice Mortgages. A lot of people this year, especially in Canada, next couple of years, millions of mortgages are coming due. It's a very important time. Maybe the most important time in the life of your mortgage cycle, given the rates have been so volatile. Maybe you haven't had a mortgage in five years or had to renew in five years. Well, five years ago was a different story. That's why a mortgage broker like Mike Kazarian is so key. Uh, if you're going to re-up this year, give him a call. Go to uh, lenderschoice.ca uh, Mike's a broker owner of Lenders Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, licensed 13582. And as we spoke yesterday, even shaving a quarter point, a half point off your current rate or the, the rate of renewal, which is going to be way higher than it was when you got it four, three, whatever years ago, can save you so much money. And of course, the stress of trying to find the best rate, you don't have to worry about that when you call Mike. Because that's what they do. They sort of go around and look at different options. They deal with 75 lenders. They shop around for you. They don't have any preferences. So you don't have to worry. They'll get the best lender with the best rate for your mortgage financing needs. Uh, give it a. We already had some of our uh, Humble and Fred listeners have given Mike a call. And as Mike said, even if you're not renewing this year, it could be next year. At least have the conversation now. So that you get ahead of it, and by the time you renew, it'll make a big difference for you. LendersChoiceMortgages.ca um, 
You know our friend Ivor Hamilton? He's a, he seems to be away as well. Our friend from, he yes. just retired from Universal Music. I don't follow. Cartagena. Say again? Cartagena. Cartagena. Looks like he's having Columbia. a wonderful time. Columbia. Traveling with some people. But I, I, and I, I, just, I was going to bring this up off here, but uh, we had, you had mentioned someone from Argentina who was uh, very, very beautiful. And I, I've been seeing these pictures of mm-hmm. Ivor in the company of a beautiful woman. Has he fallen in love again? I, I, I'll tell you what. If he hasn't, I have. <laughs> because this uh, gorgeous, beautiful woman in the company of Ivor Hamilton, I just have to say, well done, Senior Hamilton. I, I think I saw one of those pictures. Uh, he's down there with our buddy, our American friend, John Ellipson. And I think John sent me a picture of uh, Ivor in a in the pool talking to this uh, beautiful young woman. Yeah, well, I saw it too. I just mm-hmm. thought you'd have some insights. Like that's his new girlfriend. He had made some noise about maybe coming down here later in March. You know, trying to find a place around here to check out Cabaretre. Uh, Cabaretre. Maybe he'll. Maybe uh, he'll he'll fall in love with a young Dominican woman as well, or maybe he'll bring the Colombian here. Who knows? That Ivor, you never know what he's up to. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to, didn't want to speak out of turn, but I, I did. A lot of people know uh, he's a friend of ours, just retired from Universal Music, really good guy. Was one time the music director of the legendary Spirit of Radio, and just a super mm-hmm. dude. And uh, whatever he's up to, I hope he's uh, healthy and happy. Yep. Ivor is a sweetheart. That's all there is to it. That's how you describe him. He's a yeah. sweetheart of a man. Just a just a good guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. Let me uh, get a little music here as we uh, admit uh, Jackie Delaney into the uh, Humble and Fred meeting room. Jackie, of course, an old broadcast friend of ours. Jackie Budden. Jackie Delaney. Radio. And then Jackie uh, went into politics because why not? What could be more? <laughs> what could be more childish than radio? Well, politics would be the answer. Jackie Delaney is the director of Parliament- Parliamentary Affairs Office of the Honorable Leo Husakos. And Jackie returns to our program. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. It's so nice to be back with you. Will you be our Valentine? Huh? Oh, I look, I wore red lipstick just for you guys. Oh, man. Well, it's working. <laughs> Whatever it is you're doing, it's working. <laughs> so, Jackie, I've been on the show several times. We always talk politics. And then the last uh, since October, Jackie and I have been going back and forth, uh, both publicly and privately uh, over the Hamas, Israeli, anti-Semitic, you know, the whole thing. But I wanted to sort of start today, Jackie, with this question. Because it came up, and Fred, well, Fred and I had this conversation. My brother and I had this conversation. Do you think is Israel has lost the PR war? Oh, long time ago. I don't even think Israel started the PR war. Um, I think what this war has done has actually shown that uh, never again was just a slogan for a lot of people and that anti-Semitism has <laughs> been right there. And what this war has done has made it okay for those people to take the masks off and, and uh, be very upfront and out in public with their anti-Semitism. Um, but do you think they should take their foot off the gas a bit? 
the Israelis? Israel? No. Yeah. Have the hostages really? been released? Have no. the hostages been released? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. But I think that's no, what sorry. Howard's ref- that's what Howard's referring to with the PR game because the thing is now yeah the hostages are still there and what happened October seventh was horrible but um, what's happening in Gaza now is just abhorrent and again whether it's justified or not at the very basis from a PR standpoint do you think they're as each day passes looking worse. Yes, like I'm not saying that I agree that they the PR uh, war that it it's it's right that they've lost the PR war. Uh, it's actually quite astounding for me as I sit back and watch what's going on. Well, I shouldn't say sit back because I've been doing anything but sitting back. Mm-hmm. It's quite astounding to me. Uh, some people I'm surprised by their anti-Semitism, and um, others I'm not so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't surprise me at all, and in some ways I'm kind of. You know, I think it's kind of a good thing that the mask has dropped. Um, I don't think Israel really cares about the PR war. I mean, they obviously mm-hmm. care about it to the degree that they took out Super Bowl ads. Um, but I think for them, it's more... I, I don't think the PR war is going to determine their actions on the ground or in the air or in this fight with mm-hmm. uh, Hamas. Um, but I think they know that, you know, this is an ex- existential threat for them or could be an existential threat for them. We don't know what's going to happen um, at the end of this. So, like I said, though, I think never again for a lot of people turns out was just a slogan. And and what did people think that meant? When, when we've said all these years, never again, I'm not sure what people thought that meant. That meant that they were never again going to allow themselves to face an existential threat and not be able to fight back. If I may jump in, you know, again, it's, it's so complicated. And I've had, mm-hmm. I've aired it out here. I've aired it out on Twitter. I think to my detriment, to be honest with you, at times, I think some of the response I've received has sort of shown me that, you know, maybe I could have just shut up. But the problem with it is, as I see it, is that it's 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 difficult. I, I, I'm going to use the word that a lot of you hear conflate, but you can people it's conflating Israelis with Jews because a lot of, as you say, anti, anti-Semitism has always been there. But what it's done is it's taken it's taken this country, Israel, and made it OK to hate all Jews, no matter what country they're in. And that's the problem is that as a Jewish person and Fred is a, 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 a common sense thinking human being, you look a at what's going a what a sympathizer. Well, you're, you're Jew adjacent because you've been adjacent to a Jew for 34 years. So you're a Jew adjacent. My point is this. You can't help but look at the situation there now and go, it's a no win situation. Yes, the hostages are still being held, but something's got to change because Israelis aren't Jews everywhere in the world. They aren't, but but the thing is, this is about being Jewish. Uh, it's not. This isn't about land. This isn't about a land claim. Hamas uh, is not going to be happy with a two state solution. They want mm-hmm. to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. It's not a land claim. It is absolutely about Judaism. That's what it means when they say from the river to the sea. Yes. Right. They're, they are not talking about we need a home to go to. They are saying they, they want Israel to cease to exist. And the reason they want Israel to cease to exist is because they conflate and equate Israel with Judaism. Sure. From a religious it's, standpoint, it's, they absolutely do. Absolutely. It's littered through 
everything they say. It's littered through every document. They're not hiding who they are, and they're not hiding what they want. So I don't know why the world and why protesters in countries like Canada keep making excuses for them. They've shown you who they are. They've told you who they are. They've told us what they want. They want Jews to die. So why do we keep making excuses for them when they themselves don't even make those excuses? And again, uh, excuses. I've said this to Howard. What's bothered me through a lot of this, the fact that it's sort of a religious war. Well, it is. It It bothers me anyway, because I can't imagine going to war over religion because I hate it. Is whenever you see these pro-Palestinian people speak, no one ever qualifies it with Hamas got us into this. You know, if it wasn't for Hamas, we wouldn't be in this position. now. It's like, let's have a protest as a Palestinian. Let's protest against Hamas, because if it wasn't for October 7th and what they did, we wouldn't be where we are today. You never hear that. You never hear that. I don't. No, never. And and when you challenge them on that... They become belligerent. I mean, you know, Howard, you talk about the backlash you've received. Uh, I, you know, my Twitter account has been, you know, gone crazy anytime I talk about Israel. I don't care. It doesn't it doesn't make me rethink mm-hmm. it or back down? Um, but exactly, when you bring that point up to them, Fred, they become belligerent about it. Mm-hmm. And when you when you know when you fire back uh, free Palestine from Hamas, they become belligerent. When you say Hamas got you into this, they become belligerent. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the percentage of people in in Gaza who still support Hamas? Isn't it something like seventy five percent or more? Yeah, I think they become belligerent. And, and again, it all. And I, I want. To, I'm glad we brought up religion because it really is the mm-hmm. the epicenter of this is a religion. That we can't understand. I mean, you know that there was all. I mean, there's been so many images. That image, I, I think it was. I can't remember what it was. Iran, a million people screaming for the death to Israel, death to all non-believers. You're absolutely right. This is a religious war, but the problem with being having a, a, a an opposing view is that you sound. You know, it's they make you feel like well, you're anti. You're obviously anti. Uh, you're anti-Muslim. Um, well, you're Islamophobic. You're yeah. Islamophobic, exactly. But it's okay to be uh, Jewophobic. <laughs> right. <laughs> and know. anti-Christian. That's okay. Oh, absolutely. But if we take offense to that as Jews or Christian, then we're Islamophobic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been called everything. It's, uh, yeah, I've got thick skin. Yeah, but you got thick skin. What about, do you ever feel threatened? I mean, you're in Ottawa and, you know, you have some what of a profile and you go on social media and you're quite strong with your opinions i mean literally do you fear physical harm no and and you know what it, maybe i'm a fool for not fearing it um mm-hmm. but it, it, let's say i did feel it um mm-hmm. then i would still be okay saying what i'm saying because i think we have to right silence is complicity um Again, never. This is what never again means. People during World War II, during the Holocaust, stayed silent out of fear, and that's what mm. led us to the Holocaust. Right. And we all vowed never again. But yet here we are, not even a full century later. Yeah. Eighty years later, and yeah, it's happening again. So what? What's the vibe in? Like you're in the, you know, you're around political people all the time what's the vibe there 
generally what you know the stand Canada should take and how far on each on either side we should go. What's what's that all about? Because I know often you know politics doesn't necessarily mean mean justice or the right way. It's the political way. What is that with Canada? It's, it's interesting. You know, there used to be a time in this town where um, people from all parties, you know. For sure, from the liberals and the conservatives, would get together if there were events with parliamentary friendship groups or any type of summit, you know, to deal with Israel. We'd get together in five minutes. We go, yeah, okay, we got a statement. Great, we all agree. Perfect, no problem. And five minutes later, you know, everyone would be out in in front of the media agreeing Mm -hmm. what our position was on Israel. And that's no longer the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times we see events here. I was at a meeting last night, actually, in which the Israeli ambassador attended. It was um, a, a type of friendship group, and the only members of Parliament and the Senate that were there were conservatives. How mm. sad is that? Well, I, and there were about I, 15 I'm glad you brought more. that up because the thing that many things have surprised me since October seventh, not the least of which is the rise of the, the the weird reaction from the left, the woke liberal socialist left, and their reaction is fucking bananas. Yeah, they look, it's about votes for them. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some people might say the same thing for us, but it's not about votes for us. The Jewish population is much smaller in Canada than uh, other populations. And also, this has been a consistent conservatives have had a consistent position on Israel. Um, You know, Harper. Harper has a bird sanctuary named after him in Israel. I saw it when I was there um, because of his stance on Israel. So conservatives have been very consistent. And I don't want to take this opportunity to be like, woohoo, yay, yay, pom poms out. Conservatives are better. I'm just pointing out, you know, to your question Mm -hmm. that um, there there definitely has been a clear delineation uh, that we didn't used to see. You talk about votes like. So you're saying liberals are conscious of the Muslim vote. Yes. Or the pellet. Is it that significant? Is it that significant yes. in Canada? Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and, and Justin Trudeau is actually trying to play both sides. Uh, yesterday was another example of where he, he went out at one thirty or so and put out a tweet condemning the protest at Mount Sinai Hospital. Mm-hmm. And then as he always does when he's critical of Hamas or of Gaza or of Palpatine, pro-Palestinian supporters. Within hours, he found a world leader to talk to so he could put out a readout saying, uh, we're very, very concerned about Israel's Israel's military action in Rafa. Mm -hmm. It's not in my imagination because it's not the first time he's done it. But Jackie, but listen, to be fair to the guy, it's easy, and and I'm, I'm not saying taking anything away from what Harper did, but this is an unprecedented point in history in terms of the Middle East for now. It's never there's never been the rise of anti-Semitism so worldwide, but at the same time, you know, the Prime Minister has also been pretty strong at times condemning the hit the attack. But like a lot of people, Biden, other world leaders included, it's starting to you know, it's starting to stink on them. There's a lot of stink coming back on them. Um, you know, Biden's got to be careful because in Michigan, which has a huge Arab Muslim population, it's blowing back on him. So I can kind of give the guy a pass trying to straddle the fence. Right, but so, so you're talking about votes. So you're talking well, about no, votes. You're yeah, absolutely. Because, he could Abs- be, because there could be blowback. Right? Absolutely, I am. And, 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 but also, he's not the only one. He's not the only world leader tiptoeing no, around no. this issue. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree. I and that's why I'm saying like I don't want to just 
use this opportunity to bring out the pom-poms and, and cheer for the conservatives. I, I On this one, I have been very critical of Trudeau on past things. On this one, I'm very critical of him as somebody who, who looks at this situation. I'm not saying Israel is, you know, I'm always going to defend everything Israel does. I have a real problem with the fact that Israel ships arms to Azerbaijan while Azerbaijan is using those arms to attack Nagorno-Karabakh in essence, committing an ethnic cleansing against Armenians. So I will call that out when I see Israel doing that. I have a real issue with that. But on mm-hmm. this particular issue, when it comes to what's happening in Gaza, for me, it's very clear. And it's when the going gets tough on it that you have to show true leadership and be principled. For me, number one, Israel is the only democracy in the region. Mm-hmm. Right there. Right there. Other yeah. countries in that region, by the way, believe that Israel and have stated that Israel has a right to exist. So if we want to talk about a two-state solution as we go forward with this, it has to start with Hamas and with Palestinians acknowledging that Israel has a right to exist. And that's not happening anytime soon. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's very easy. Yes, we're concerned for civilian casualties. Allied forces were concerned for civilian casualties in World War II as well. But did we stop the fight against Hitler? No. So, again, I, I can sympathize with the with the civilian casualties, but it goes back to what the mayor of New York City said last night. It goes back to what um, a, a, a senator in um, in this Marco Rubio said. Right. Release the hostages. Had Hamas not started this, we would every civilian casualty mm-hmm. can be blamed on Hamas. So I know there's a lot of intricacies, you know, if we want to talk about colonization and all of that, because I can go on a rant about that as well. But very simply put, as long as there's one Israeli hostage being held, what other country in the world? Let me put it this way for for people. I care about my loved ones more than I care about your loved ones. I care about your loved ones, but I care Mm -hmm. about mine more. Mm -hmm. And if you force me to choose between my loved ones and your loved ones, I'm choosing mine each and every time. So don't force me to choose. Mm -hmm. Because I will do whatever it takes to get them back. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, from... You know, from our perspective, it seems a lot simpler than what you just described. There are people in Israel right now, like you see them sometimes on, you know, CNN, whatever, Fox. I mean, these people, they have, you know, their sons and daughters are over there right now. So the rage that they feel and you got to put yourself in their position, you know, seems so simple from our standpoint. Just, you know, give them back. Stop this now stop bombing well it's not it isn't that simple it isn't and then and but always, it is all, if Hamas turned over those yes, hostages, it is. Yeah. The war, right it, it, it would be and, but the problem mm-hmm. is when they started in the fall from Australia to Austria and all around the world uh, the the it went from Israel colonizer colonizers are bad to gas the Jews and that's when it yeah. started to f- piss me off it's like wait hold hold on a second And again, my surprise amongst many things that have shocked me since this all happened was I could never have imagined that the the sympathy for terrorism, including the protests at Mount Sinai, in front of a building built by Jews, you stupid fuckers. Like, seriously, how dumb are you? And then it was on the way, Howard. It was on the way. It was along the route. It was along the parade route. On the parade route. But, you know, if any other group, like, I mean, you've seen me tweet this. You, you put black, a, a, a queer, any other group in, in, to, to replace Jew and everyone would be losing their minds. Mm-hmm. 
100%. It's that simple. It is. It is for me that simple. It is. Here's another thing I want people to think about. We talk about the civilian casualties in Gaza. It is not like there aren't casualties in Israel, mm-hmm. both because of rockets coming from Gaza, but also because of rockets coming from Lebanon right now. Also, many Israelis are displaced in northern Israel right now. Many Israelis have been forced from their homes to seek refuge elsewhere in Israel because of the attacks coming from Lebanon. But nobody talks about that. So there, I, I love how people act like Israel isn't still under attack. The only reason we don't have more footage of dead Israelis is because is, Israel cared enough about its civilians to build defense systems against those attacks. Yeah. So it's not for lack of trying that there aren't more dead Israelis. Mm-hmm. So so should Israel should Israel stop using the Iron Dome? Should it tie one the hand behind its back to even out the fight? It's crazy. It's stupid. And that's the pivotal word, defense systems, because that's what it was. Defense systems, not offense systems. Yeah. If, right, but they're still being attacked, right? And, and you know, yeah, Freddie, no, exactly. I yeah. can tell you the, the, what Jackie just said, and you and I have talked a little bit about this. I am, I've had conversations with some people in my family who don't know that. And by the way, I can't have, con- this will f- freak you out, but I can't have a conversation with a couple of the members of my family because guess what? They're in their 20s and they're on the Palestinian side. Well, I'll get to that in a second. But I did have a, a conversation with somebody and I said, do you not understand that every day, Since this started, Hamas is throwing rockets at Israel. They had no idea because, as you just said, that's not part of the conversation. It's just rubble in in Rafa and rubble in Gaza. And and another thing, there's been many there's been many offers and opportunities for a ceasefire that have been refused. Just give us the fucking hostages back. We'll stop right now. There was a ceasefire on October seventh, and it was broken by Hamas. So, do you think, okay, great. Do you think part? Do you think part of the problem is there are no hostages? No, <laughs> I think dead? I think uh, no, I, I know no, what I you think mean. the two that were. Yeah, I, I think the two the other night, you know, two being rescued shows that there. Are, I mm-hmm. think I don't think there are are as many alive as what they took. Yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. But I I think I think there are still hostages. Absolutely. And yeah, I think have- they're trying to get them out. I think like I think Hamas is hoping to get them out of uh, Rafa so that they can take them somewhere else and really hold them over Israel's head, right? Because Israel can keep Israel can keep going in in Gaza and trying to find them. But if they manage to get some of them out and get them to another country, whew, that's, a, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And you're obviously very passionate over this. Do you have any Jewish heritage at all? <laughs> None. Yeah. None. Interesting. You know what I do yeah. have, though? Mm. Today is my dad's birthday, my late dad's birthday. He passed away uh, almost four years ago. Mm. And my dad, uh, grade four, I think, education, grade four or grade six, he he wow. was not an educated man. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. you know, he had to go out and start working. But I always say that if, if my dad had been afforded the opportunity to have an education, oh, my goodness, the things I'm sure he could have done. But the one thing that he didn't need an education on was being principled and just and standing up for the right thing. And my dad was always the type that he didn't care at what personal cost it came. He always believed in standing up for the right thing. And a lot of people think that standing up for the right thing means standing up for the little guy. So they look at this situation and they think, well, the little guy, the underdog, are the mm-hmm. Palestinians and, you know, it's Gaza. And it no, if there's one thing that isn't simple, it's that. The, the underdog, the little guy, isn't always 
the one you're supposed to defend. Is Israel is to me on the right side of history and defending Israel in this is being on the right side of history. And that is one thing my dad always, always, always tried to instill in us. Well, listen, I want to say on behalf of the Jewish people, we uh, thank you for your support. It's much appreciated. And uh, if we will certainly send you the uh, ceremonial gefilte fish, that'll be uh, sent to you. No, thanks. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you, it's been strange times for me. The last conversation I had with my social justice warrior youngest daughter was on the 8th of October. And I decided at that point, Jackie, that... It would be better, speaking of my loved ones, it would be better for peace in my family if we didn't have the conversation because I could tell on that day that I wasn't going to be able to sway her. And she's very, very uh, committed. And uh, the other night I was talking to my ex-wife and I said, uh, she said, oh, yeah, uh, Spenny's going to this protest. And uh, the conversation, I said, well, how did that conversation go? And my ex-wife told her, uh, okay, you can uh, make sure you stand with the uh, ceasefire people, not that we hate the Jews people. <laughs> Which I thought was great. But hey. I love that. Yeah. Make sure you stand with the ceasefire people. And uh, Jackie, just uh, before we let you go, so as a person that's been around politics, as Fred mentioned, what do you think the net of this is going to be and when will that happen? Oof, I, I have no idea. I'll be honest. I have no idea. I don't know how this ends. I don't, I mean, I, I obviously don't see Israel ending this without getting every hostage back, whether that means getting them back alive or getting their remains back. And um, I, I know what you're saying about leaders like Justin Trudeau and Biden saying, hey, you know what? Honestly, with Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden is saying, I need some cover to keep, you know, defending you. To, And I think Israel is fine with that. Um, but, yeah, I don't see Israel letting up. And now the, the thing is, the two state solution, I don't think is still on the table not just for the Palestinians, but I mean, Israel is now saying, I think I said it earlier, Israel is now saying, how do you expect us to pursue a two-state solution with a state that doesn't believe that Israel should exist? Right. Mm -hmm. So, but of course, that will be dropped on Israel, the same as everything is being dropped on Israel right now. Israel will be have the finger pointed at them, saying that they're the block to it. Rather than the finger being pointed at uh, pointed at Palestinians and uh, Hamas, so all right, Jackie, listen, man, I don't know where it ends. Thanks for your support. Seriously, it's great going back and forth with you, and I, uh, I appreciate the uh, direct messages that you send from time to time. And it's great having you back on the show. Very smart. Thanks again. Anytime. And happy oh, Valentine's Day. Thanks, Jackie. There's Jackie Delaney. See you later. Oh look, no, I know. <laughs> that was very. Did you not see it? And here, Zoom, some balloons just went up. Oh, on um, on her uh, Zoom background. That was oh, kind of cool. I'm sorry, you were going to say? No, I was just saying the imba- You know what bothers me again? The woke thing, and we've talked about it. Um, just the very basis of the way women are treated on that side. Yeah, oh yeah. How the wokers like jump on, jump to that defense so quickly when one of the most, you know basic issues starting points is treatment of women around the world number one and the the imbalance of hate like again i'm you know i'm way over here just looking from afar there seems to be a lot more hate directed towards israel than israel gives back you know yeah we didn't even get it yeah we didn't even get into the 
the day of and how the... Uh, that's another thing. Many things that surprised me. How women reacted without sympathy for the women that were mutilated and raped on that day. Even pushing back like, were they? Did they is there evidence of that? Yeah. Because they're Jews, it's like it's just so blatant and shocking. Uh, we got to switch gears here, though, Fred, man, because uh, Tim Nibblet is coming up in a bit. And we do have a little business to take care of on this podcast because that's how we stay in business. Is it not? Yes, it is, Howard. And um, let me just call up something here, okay? Yes, take your time, my friend. I will talk slowly as I call something up because, you know, you want to get the message properly uh out properly uh whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan a poker casino player bodog your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their leading uh their uh industry leading odds world-class sportsbook and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book they've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 go to bodog you can wager on just about everything you know nfl season's over but hey Hockey, baseball, basketball, it's all there. Uh, and again, wager responsibly. Bodog. Uh, before the show's over, uh, Fred Mann's got an update on the, uh, we're going to talk about the Morgan Riley situation. That's going to be a little bit later after Dan's news as well. Speaking of betting on things, Tiger is back this week at the uh, tournament in Los Angeles at Riviera Historic Golf Course. It's a tournament that he's sort of the ambassador or host for. And I would think it would be a good bet. And I'm not a betting man. It would be a good one to see uh, him, what the odds were. Maybe we can talk about this tomorrow. The odds for him making the cut. Mm-hmm. Because he only, he's only going to play once in a while nowadays. And I don't know. Once a month, I heard. Once a month. So, I, And I don't, you know, he's Tiger Woods, so who knows. But I think that would be a good bet to see uh and I would bet he does make the cut, but that's because I'm a big Tiger fan. You know. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes when you're blinded by love. <laughs> well, I don't think he would come back on this level if he didn't think he could be competitive. Uh, excellent point. He absolutely thinks he... He wouldn't... That's one thing about him. When he, when he recognizes or he feels he's not competitive, you won't see him out there very much anymore. I'll tell you who we are very excited to have back, though, folks. What a day, what a day, what a day. He's back after all this time. Where's his theme? I'll tell you where his theme is. This man is the man with the plan. He's been traveling around, I believe, in Asia. I actually was going to play Asia by Steely Dan, but I don't want to break with president. Precedent. He is Tim Niblett. He is the retirement Sherpa. Tim.Niblett at RaymondJames.ca. And we say hello. Yeah, good morning, friends. I uh, I did okay without you, but I missed you guys. It's Aww, nice to buddy. see you again. Where were you again, Tim? Well, you could change my theme song to One Night in Bangkok, uh, Fred, because oh. we were over in the Orient for uh, 28 days. Mm-hmm. And uh, Holland America Cruise, highly recommended. Service was awesome. Um, it, it actually encapsulates a lot of the things that we can talk about later today, but uh, never been over that way. Fascinating part of the world, obviously. And uh, it was great to experience it. So 28 days. And what countries did you touch upon? Yeah. And Lauren and I are still getting together, which is pretty uh, <laughs> getting along together, which is no, mm-hmm. no, no separation for us. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, started and ended in uh, Hong Kong. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Big city wise did uh, Manila and Bangkok and Saiwan, uh, Saiwan, Saigon, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Singapore for not nearly long enough. Fascinating place. And then lots of smaller uh, places too, including Halong Bay in Vietnam, which is one of the seven mm-hmm. new natural wonders of the world and just stunning. Just absolutely amazing. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you said Sounds that uh, it's a, it is a part of the world that. And sometimes I think about it. Do I need to go to Australia or do I want to go to Asia? And the way you went on a, on a cruise, so they basically, you just, how, well, you were doing a, a different port every day or every couple of days? So we used to be the kind of people who laugh at people who like sea days, right? Where you're on the boat for the whole darn day. Yeah. Uh, now we're those people. So, you know, stuff happens. But uh, we, 28 days, 17 ports. I'll, I'll say seven, you know, upwards and a half of them were pretty big ones and half small. So could have used a couple more ports, but it, it was definitely experience and sensory and information overload, right? It, yeah, was, it was fantastic. Right. Well, let's, Excellent. Well, let's get back to work, and my I'm, friend. I'm uh, drinking my, don't know if you can see it, maybe not. No. Uh, anyhow, I'm drinking my weasel tea which okay. I, or coffee, which I'm sure you guys would uh, like to know about. Weasel coffee. I have no idea what that is. What is that? Well, if you've watched, I think it's a bucket list with Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a few permutations of this, but in the Vietnam version, it's a uh, Vietnamese coffee. Uh, a weasel uh, ingests <laughs> whole coffee beans. Oh, really? Oh. It works the way through the system. Hmm. I presume they rinse them off and uh, <laughs> That's then they right. make uh, coffee out of it. Well, that is something. Good. Always on the leading edge, our man, Tim Neal. But I'll tell you what, Jay so, Body. Well, you know, when when in Rome, right? So uh, uh, I, I just, uh, I can't tell you I'd notice a difference if you just gave me a cup of it. But I just thought I'd try it. It's, it's pretty tasty stuff. It has a certain extra edge uh, to it. Well, when you were but gone, I was going to taste s- shitty. No. Yes. No, it does not. Okay. T- a little. Well, uh, no pun intended, and this is actually sincere. It tastes a little nutty, as a matter. Very of Very nice. Oh, okay. uh, when you were gone, Jay Bondy did an excellent job uh, filling in. Jay, uh, we call him Sherpa too, but the Sherpa, Sherpa, the, the the OG is back, and we should talk a little bit about what we're uh, what we're here to talk about, which is do your twenty twenty four time energy investing plans proactively include some major things, and what are those, Timmy? Yeah. So first, thanks for that. I mean, Jay and the team, uh, I long known I've got an awesome team and, and really I kept in touch more than they, you know, bugged me or whatever while we were gone. And, uh, Jay and Deborah and Jenny and really the hundreds of other people we've got, uh, behind the scenes were awesome. So thank you for that. Um, you, you know, we often talk about money and, and money matters and, and money helps do all that other stuff. But are you investing in yourself in ways other than maybe RSP or TFSA contributions? Uh, health, of course. You, you guys actually, it was funny. I was listening yesterday morning and a lot of the stuff you started your show with yesterday uh, kind of tied into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um are, are you investing in your health? I, I mean, obviously, we know without that, nothing else really matters uh, a heck of a lot. Dr. Peter Atia out of McMaster uh, has a great book that I can't remember the name of, but it's a, it's about longevity and the centenarian uh, decathlon, you know, being able to even put your luggage in and out of the uh, overhead mm-hmm. bins and, and pick up your grandchildren and all that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Health, obviously, is is the cornerstone to everything as we age. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, so, how do, again, it all comes down to planning. How do you look at, like, 
How do you look at health? Like when you're planning your retirement, obviously, I mean, it's not something you can start thinking about in your 70s. You've got to start thinking about health, be it uh, financial health or physical health, young. I was at a great seminar with RJ many a a year ago in Tampa, and uh, our speaker, in essence, well, he said a lot of things. One of the ones that stuck with me was, you know, you can kind of get away with bad habits until you're about 50 or so. Mm -hmm. But once you get there, uh, any bad habits start exponentially uh, adding on to uh, things. So... Uh, you know, the, well, Howard said it before the best time to plan a tree is, uh, 20 years ago and yes. the second best mm-hmm. time today. Uh, same, same for the health, obviously, no matter what yeah. age you are, people can build muscle mass at 75 if they start doing some weights as an example. But I think Fred mm-hmm. makes a good point, And I was actually going to say similar or something similar, which is I always had heard that, you know, I, I'd heard it. you can sort of do anything you want until you're in your forties, but your fifties is when you better start planning, Fred. I think for your seventies and, and, and beyond mm-hmm. because because you're basically making an investment, which is sort of back to what Timmy's talking about, planning for the future. And in this case your health, you gotta start making some some changes because if you don't sometimes and I'm saying you can you're Tim, you're right, you can build strength, but man, your your ecosystem starts to change a lot in your fifties and then into your sixties and beyond, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one you guys talked about yesterday, uh as well, it's so vital as relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we talk financially that you're kind of in abundance mode until you retire and then scarcity mode to oversimplify um, when when you retire. Uh, same with relationships in a way, right? Because at, at work, you've got all the, the stuff you guys were, again, talking about that yesterday, all the people you interact with. Uh, you know, when when you're retired, your money's probably going down, not up. Your health is probably going down, not up. Your your self-worth is probably going down, not up. So, because you're not working. Um, you know, so you really need those those good relationships around you to uh, fill all those gaps and, and, and make things obviously uh, better in many ways. Yes, I think a lot of people find that in their 60s once they retire is you have to work at the relationship you just thought was a slam dunk. You mm-hmm. just do. That's the reality of it. And we talk about this in the context of uh, retirement. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, with a retirement Sherpa background on here, but um, I mean, at every age and stage of life, of course, it matters, right? Uh, younger couples with a couple of kids, it's really easy to get lost in, in the children and all, and that's understandable mm-hmm. and great. But you've really got to make sure you got all these things for your yourselves as well. And on, on days mm-hmm. like today, Valentine's Day, that you always find time for your spouse, significant other, senorita, whatever. And, uh, you know, those things are, are super vital as well. And the last thing on your list is says just one thing, travel, recreation, learning, growing, just to expand on that a bit. Well, I did want to test you guys. Can you remember what uh, famous movie that uh, line was from? Uh, what's the, the line? Just one movie? thing. Just one thing. Uh, his character uh, said that in a Billy Crystal movie, and he was famous for doing lots of push-ups on the Oscar stage when he won his. Oh, uh, Jack Palance. Jack Palance. And that's um, right. uh, what so, was that? What was that movie? The uh, City Slickers. City Slickers. One of my one of my favorite lines in that movie is when Daniel Stern, when when Jack, his character, finally dies. His, his name was Shorty, and and, and uh, one of the characters turns to Billy Crystal and said. I, because he had a heart attack, he goes, he ate bacon for every meal. 
You know, the the just one thing's always stuck with me, right? Like decades later, because it's so simple. It's so profound. I I think to me, it's so accurate. Like, you know, what matters to you, right? We, we love traveling and, and traveling, I would argue encompasses the the health. Even you can be pretty active wandering around, uh, different places or along the beach in the Dominican or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got the interaction with other people. You're learning new things. Uh, you're, you're growing and all, uh, not all of us take Spanish lessons or still try to keep getting better at golf or whatever as life goes on. So well, whatever that one thing is for you, I, I guess identify it first mm-hmm. and, and then just uh, enjoy the you know what out of it. Well said. Yeah, very much. And, and it's great to see you again. And I have picked out the song. I wish I would have thought of it because I also I I think I, I can't remember what radio station I was at when I played this. Uh, Might have been the mix. But here it is. Murray Heads, One Night in Bangkok. Let me get through the intro. Here we go. So on our drive back from Bangkok, which was two or three hours, I uh, ended up being the DJ on the bus and uh, trying to play as wide a mix as possible. And one of the fellow passengers suggested this be our last song as we come back to the, nice. the ship. So uh, it was it was pretty cool. I, I've got to say, of all the things, you know, some people said, what what really stuck with you? Vietnam. I, I mean, they've been A through so much, of course. And yes, they're a communist country, but man, they are like modern and growing and I mean all the places there have even more of a dichotomy between rich and poor than we're used to in North America but what a vibrant place mm-hmm. and, and fantastic people and, and just uh, really eye opening being over there yeah I've heard great things about Vietnam people who used to go to Thailand all the time they say oh you gotta gotta go to Vietnam too got to well, yeah, Tim, thank you for uh, about. this uh, edition of the Retirement Sherpa slash Aging with Energy, another show that you sponsor. Uh, Tim.nibblet or RaymondJames.ca is the uh, address where you get a hold of Tim. And it's good to have you back, my friend. And we'll have you back, uh, I guess, next week until we uh, hear otherwise. Absolutely. Awesome to uh, awesome to see you guys. And uh, happy Valentine's Day, all. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Take thank care. You. There's uh, Tim Nibblet. It's good to have him back. Boom, boom, boom. I've heard of that coffee before. I, I, I didn't know, but it was yeah. shit through a weasel. Have you ever had Vietnamese coffee, though, at like a restaurant? No. It's, uh, it's pretty unique. Uh, it's uh, very, very strong. What they do is they serve it with this heavy cream, heavy sweet cream. Mm-hmm. And uh, they bring it to your table and they sort of, they brew it at the table and it sort of drips into this cream. Mm-hmm. It's super tasty, but it's really, really caffeinated. Yeah, but uh, very. You know, I was gonna. I, I was going to ask him, and then I thought I shouldn't. Uh, you know, did you eat any dog while you were over there? No. And then, no. then he proceeds to tell us. No. Then he proceeds. What? No, eat keep, dog over there. No, keep going. Um, <laughs> and then he tells us he drank coffee that a weasel shit out. Yeah. So you know. Uh, did you have that with your dog? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't even sure we were, we were going to say, you know, shit coffee. But, you know, because, uh, you know, I, sometimes when you're with, a, you know, a sponsor, you have to, you can't do the full humble no, friend. So the coffee wasn't shitty. No, no, I know. No, you, I, you were fine. I was holding back a couple times because you said, you know, talking about just find that one thing. And for me, it's constant masturbation. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. 
See, we could have we could have done three to five minutes on Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm, you know, but with we were respectful. It's just that uh, it's not easy for us. <laughs> These things aren't easy. Um, okay, well, we wait for Dan. I've got some stuff I've got to take care of. Are you all caught up? Yeah, now with the Sherps. Yep. Okay, well, let me do this. There's going to be a couple hand. I need a couple minutes here, so let me do this for you. Looking for a way to relax after a long day? Come on. Tired of being notified by life's bells and whistles? Yeah, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. When you're ready to stop working so hard, you know it's time to play. Yes. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Play free casino games, check out our beginner's guides, and get poker tips. Visit bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, of course, I wanted to talk. Actually, this is the reason I hesitated. This isn't the song I wanted to play. This is the song I wanted to play. Are you interested in going to Asia at all? Yes, but not, you know, on a scale of one to ten, I might be a six. It's one of those things that heading into retirement or whatever this is. Yeah. That's where that's one of the things you do. And I still would consider it, but it's not super pressing for me. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I was uh, Rachel and I ex-girlfriend Rachel and I had been planning talking about going to Japan as a trip because I'm fascinated by that country and uh, then I thought well I'd like to do all of that I think it's the kind of thing that you I kind of get why Tim did it on a cruise or a tour because I think it's the kind of thing I would feel I think I'd feel more comfortable if it was organized for me yeah although that's not my favorite thing to do no I know doesn't think Delise doesn't think she could handle a cruise ship. She gets seasick. But no, but an organ. Like my brother went to Australia and New Zealand for two months, and it was loosely organized. It wasn't part of a tour, right? But there were tours that they took part in. You know what I mean? Like they had a, I don't know what they called the like a vacation planner or a, what are they, yeah. What's that? What's that called again? A tour? No, like a. Like a travel a travel agent. That's what they used to call a it. A travel right? agent. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, a travel agent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I just lost that word. What's that thing with the right. people agent. book it for you? Uh, I do know this, that boron is in everything. If you're, cru- you're going to go on a cruise, I guarantee you that ship is full of boron. It's in manufacturing, science, microelectronics, and so much more. And why we talk about it is the, com- the company, boron1.com, is a uh, big supporter of this program. And they, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, you know, it's a, it's a stock play. It's a junior mining company. And as we, we always say, we make no claims about the stock and what it could do. Just want to give you some information that as junior mining companies go, this one has reached a place that very few ever get to. And you might want to have the Sherpa or your Sherpa have a look at the, the stock like a, a Cumble and Fred listeners have already taken advantage of this. And you might want to have a look at it too. And where you find out more about it is boron1.com. That's boron1.com. How'd you call Dandoran? Oh, it's happening. Yep. Are you taking anything for it? Yeah, well, Dayquil. Mm. 
little Dayquil. I don't know that's going to do anything. It hasn't done anything yet. Are you going to test? Test? I don't really think that... Well, I, I can. You think I should? Didn't well, as I said to you at the beginning of the show, now, you know, you, it used to be you could just have a cold. Now you yeah. have a cold, and if it's got a scratchy throat associated with, a lot of people just get tested. Oh, okay. Well, pull one out and uh, pull out the test kit and then go to shot. Don't stick, just, it, up it, your, don't stick like... it up your ass. That's not where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> a different test entirely. It's a different test. It feels so much like a cold, I just assume it's a cold, because I've had a few colds in my time. So yeah, I, don't know. I know. It's a drag, man. I feel for you. Yeah, but, uh, you know, nobody else around here has got it, so uh, apparently it's just me. I probably did get it over at the theater guild. Somebody I thought, there. I thought you said Lisa gave it to you, so she didn't have one? Well, no, she's, she, I asked her this morning. She's fine. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And keeping her distance from me. You haven't been necking with any of those old ladies at the theater, have you? Nope. You know? Nope. Behind the curtain? Nope. <laughs> Do you, you know, when you're... Uh, when it, you know, Fred, these theater people, when they're rehearsing, very often they get very oh, yeah. very close and... They have to do scenes where Dan Duran French kisses you or something. Yeah, plunging tongues. Yes. <laughs> Dan, Dan Duran's plunging tongue. <laughs> Guys, I plunged my tongue down her throat. Humble and Fred Mark. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Careful now. Uh, do you want to do you want to do the news or do you want to uh, rant about Morgan Riley first? Uh, no, I was just going to say because a follow up. It was around this time of the show yesterday. We talked about Morgan Riley and uh, he was uh, having a hearing with the NHL about a suspension for the cross check against that guy in Ottawa, and he got five games. And I just, I just, I laughed. And again, I'm not a conspiracy guy. But sometimes in sports, Canadian and American teams, it creeps into my psyche. It mm-hmm. just does. And I'm thinking, Morgan Riley, no history whatsoever of this type of behavior. You know, he cross-checked the guy, sort of hit his shoulder pad and went up, but he got five games. And I can't help but think the NHL looks, oh, look at, uh, you know, Toronto, a, a solid fan base. You know, um, a key player being out for five games is not going to affect them at all that way. Um, so let's let's use this team to set an example going forward. And the point being, you know, if that was a player for the Las Vegas uh, Knights or if it was a player for, you know, the uh, New York Rangers um, or maybe even the Arizona Coyotes that have trouble attracting fans, would they get five games? And the answer is probably yes, but I'm just telling you, it it just seems so out of whack to me, this uh, suspension. And I can't help but think, you know, they can use Toronto to set an example. Uh, But, you know, like any good conspiracy, there's like what's Mm -hmm. so the net of it for you is you think that conspiracy is that they're using Toronto to set an Mm -hmm. example for other players. Other. Yeah. Like, oh, look, if you do this, you'll get five games. But we'll use the Toronto player to, to make that point. Okay. But if this player played for the Tampa Bay Lightning, we wouldn't use him as an example. I know it's far out there, but I, I'm just being honest with you guys. Yes, I appreciate your I can't honesty. help but have those feelings because they showed similar things yesterday. And all these American teams, these sort of 
obscure, not obscure, Ameri- but American teams, you know, that, you know, they don't sell out all the time or they don't have a, the fan base Toronto does and like similar incidents. And the, it's like one in two game suspensions. Yeah. And Morgan. And it's not like Morgan Riley. Oh, there's Morgan Riley again. It's, yeah. it's not. Well, and I saw that on my golf chat, which is filled with Leaf fans. And they were all commenting on the fact that it seemed like a lot, but I didn't think much of it until you floated your theory to me before the show started. But I did ask you, I think yesterday, or maybe I was, mm-hmm. I didn't know if Morgan Riley isn't that kind of player. He's not somebody no. that is constantly getting fined or, mm-hmm. or suspended. My, the reason I brought it up a couple of days, well, yesterday I brought it up because I, I didn't realize that doing what he did was such a, uh, an offense in the NHL where you take a slap shot into an empty net. It didn't seem like that no, big a deal know. to me. Same. One other point I'll make on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's another thing that aggravates me about them last night. So they didn't have Morgan Riley last night. They didn't have uh, Mitch Marner. It was a scratch, wasn't feeling well. And there was another player. Um, oh, John Tavares. Not feeling well. None of them played last night, but the Leafs played a very good hockey game like a good textbook end to end you know what i mean responsible hockey game and they beat st louis so what's your point there it's, that it's they just, well my you know sometimes when you have a core four and uh you know they're making all the money the attitude of the rest of the team sometimes is hey well hey guys go you know get it done let's get it done and you sort of take a back seat, and they don't get the same amount of ice time as uh, the as these guys did last night. I mean, Bobby McMahon or whatever scored three goals for the Leafs. Last Bobby night. McMahon, like from "Don't Worry, Be Happy," that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> McCann or whatever. I hardly know his name. Farland. Uh, you know when. When you look to the other players, the foot soldiers, to step it up in situations like that, they do. Hey, Dan, you notice when it comes to the Leafs, Fred Man, he can't joke. He can't joke with the Fred Man. No. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, Maybe hey, Fred, have... joking aside, or trying to joke mm-hmm. aside, did, have we talked about Tavares and his tax troubles? No. I don't even know about that. I think it's Tavares. Tavares, Leafs, John Tavares? I, I well, You know what? I may have spoken out of turn. I, I, I saw a story in the last week, and I thought... We had spoken about it, but one of the Leafs, let me just double check this, was having an issue with taxes based on a bonus. Here's the story, Fred. A court battle between the CRA and the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares, is assigning bonus part of a player's salary. Tavares says no. The CRA disagrees. Maple Leaf captain has taken the uh, agency to court over an $8 million tax bill in a case experts say could be pivotal for some pro athletes, perhaps affecting which teams they sign with. Oh. Yeah, man. I'm going to send you the story because I thought you will find it interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, you we talked about One Night in Bangkok, the song, yes. right? Now that I think of it, because I wanted to bring this up. Bring and then, up. Um, what's the one you just don't worry? Uh, don't worry, happy, be happy. Song. And then we were talking with Jackie Delaney about the Palestinian problem. The other day, I was reminded of the song. Do you remember Ahab the A-Rap? Yes, I do, by uh, Ray Stevens. <laughs> by Ray Stevens. Can you imagine that song being released today? Just listen to the words of this song. Ahab the Arab was a top 40 hit. Oh, yeah. Here it is, everybody, on Boom 97.3. Let me tell you about Ahab the Arab. That's right. She called the burn. 
He wore a big old turban wrapped around his head, everybody, oh, yeah. in case you missed that. And listen to what he was riding. Oh, yeah. A camel? Yeah. And every evening, about midnight, he'd jump on his camel named Clyde and ride silently through the night to the Sultan's tent, where he'd secretly meet with Fatima of the Seven Veils. All right. <laughs> Oh, no, there's more coming when he when he mimics what an Arab sounds oh, okay, like. Okay, okay. Listen, I've got time. I'm not doing anything. Hey, number one U.S. choice government inspected dancing or something's whole harem because him and her had a thing going. Yeah, and they'd been carrying on for some time now behind the Sultan's back. And you could hear him talk to his camel as he rode out across the dunes. His voice would cut through the still night desert air and he'd say, hi Which is there makes for whoa, baby. And Clyde say, Well, he brought that camel to. Well, there you go. You know what? (laughs) Maybe I should go to one of these protests and just start blaring that over a (laughs) boombox. What would would that be? 1960s? No, that was, uh, I would say that was the 70s. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I'm somewhere in the early 70s. Oh, yeah, that would never fly in 2000. You don't, you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, get, listen, when you, I know you're busy today with your bocce and your beach walking, but do have a look at that story because I thought it was fascinating. And for a lot of reasons, not the least of which, Dan, why it's significant is because if this goes through, uh, Tavares, I think, was given something like $77 million. I think that was the number. Yes. And what he's saying is that $8 million signing bonus isn't actually a salary. The, the government wants taxes on that because they're saying, well, it's it's what you made in calendar year or whatever. And, and why it's significant, Dan, is because a lot of American, a lot of people, not just Americans, but a lot of players wouldn't come here if their signing bonus gets chopped in half or whatever they pay. So that's why it's Wasn't that, uh, bonuses. Bonuses are always taxable, and anytime we ever got, I got a bonus. It was just put on your yearly salary, like, and you were taxed appropriately. So I don't, I, I got to read to see what this is all about. I, I think it has something to do with which country it was. Yes, Uh, like because he was in the in uh, in the states when that happened, and I think the Americans taxed him for that. That, and then he comes to Canada, and they're saying, well, that's part of your deal here, and so we're going to tax oh. you for that. So there's been, it's kind of like it's been double taxed. Well, let me give, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm wrong about the number. It was 15, his, his, it, it, the signing bonus was 15.25 million. Yes. And uh, Tavares says it should be taxed at a much lower rate than the rest of his salary. Yeah, and it says, the bonus, which under the U.S. Canada tax treaty, Tavares yes. says, should be taxed as you say a much. Lo- oh, I get it. Okay, uh, it so says here T- to Tavares's first year of his seven-year contract saw him receive a total of fifteen point nine million U.S. Only six hundred and fifty thousand of that was his actual salary. The rest was signing bonus. Yeah. Well, my attitude is pay what you owe, buddy. Did you ever? You guys ever get a signing bonus? We just said that, yeah. We, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we did. We oh, got a signing okay, bonus. Sorry, I got a signing. You know, I, I had several, Dan. I had several signing bonuses uh, in different, not just cash. I got a signing bonus 
uh, in a car once, and I was taxed. One, I was taxed on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Fred and I got signing a bonus in cash once, which was cool. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So I guess this is yeah. So his argument is not that I shouldn't have to pay tax on it. It's that I got I got whacked double, which isn't fair. Yeah. But you watch what happens when uh, this is if, if it goes uh, and it probably will go against him because the CRA is like, mm. fuck you, buddy. But mm-hmm. watch what this does to players thinking about coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Dan, do you remember tainted. what did we give Dan a signing bonus when we rehired him for this show? <laughs> I remember no. That's my remember. <laughs> Is that your memory? Didn't we yeah, get? Didn't, didn't I give you a computer? There was your signing bonus. Oh, well, that wasn't. An, it wasn't associated with the signing. Uh, it, was, but, it was retroactive. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, it was retroactive because that, that ups the uh, that ups the bar from my only <laughs> signing bonus that I ever got was uh, I got a DVD player. Mm. Once. Bend over, I'll give you a signing bone below. Um, <laughs> below, <laughs> below you. Um, you say you were giving him a signing bone. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's, that's how you know that's getting toward the end of the show, because it was like, oh, that's, that's funny. Dan, you come on this show, and yeah. here's what we'll do for that's you. That's right. <laughs> We're going to take turns. We're going to take turns cornholing you. <laughs> oh, That's your bonus. That's an offer I can't turn down. No. I can't. Yeah. Turn. Mm-hmm. What's the difference, Dan? This is a fucking horrible joke. You will hate this. But I got to get it out of me. I can't be walking around all day with this. What's the difference between a priest and a pimple? Uh, what's the difference? I was 13 a before a pimple came on my face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, where are you collecting? Do like, you the, know what that is? The, the, that's second show stuff. That's the midnight show. <laughs> these do not fall within the category of dad jokes oh no no, no. these aren't dad jokes <laughs> no, no 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 those are father jokes yeah <laughs> bad dad jokes forgive um, me father forgive me father uh dandoran time now here's to a fella named dandoran a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low oh Dandoran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's house, nursing a cold, but like the true professional that he is. He's here today, movie anchor man Daniel J. Gebert Duran. All right, Bill Post. Bill Post died at 96. He lived a long life. And why am I bringing it up? Because he is the father of the Pop Tart. The father of the Pop-Tart died. Mm. He worked his way up to, to become a plant manager at the Keebler Company. Remember the Keebler Elves? Yeah, of course. And uh, one day, uh, he, as he told it, he picked up the phone, found that a Kellogg's guy was on the line and uh, was asking if his company could partner with them. And they had an idea for a, uh, a, a product, something that would fit well in a toaster. 
they didn't know what it was, but they wanted it to be in a toaster. So he went uh, with his uh, with his team, and they uh, they worked on it for a while, and uh, and came up with the pop tart after about four months of work, and uh, then it was released in its original form in strawberry, blueberry, brown, cinnamon, sugar, and apple currant. Had them all, and they they sold out. And they continue to sell very well. Like it, I think they sold, get this, more than three billion pop tarts were sold in 2022, even more wow. in 2023. You know, one thing they never figured out, though, and everyone's had this experience, is universal. They never figured out how to get the insides to not be like molten lava. Sometimes, <laughs> like all of us listening, have had the experience of having a pop tart burn the roof of your mouth. Mm, yeah. I was never a fan, even as a kid. I remember when they first come out or whatever, and my mom got some, and everybody was excited. I just never really liked them. Uh, and that was part of the problem. Like Pizza Pops, remember them? You oh, had to yeah. watch it. If you bit into one of those, it could burn the wrong spot. Yeah. 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 I liked him not being in the toaster. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had a cold pop tart or two. I didn't mind that. A cold pop tart. Yeah. Or, yeah, not warmed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pull it out of the package and then uh, eat it there. I mean, I've, yeah. I've had a f- I, w- I very rarely have them. They're not that great on my list of things. They when 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 they came out, I do remember we like we were a uh, very our family was very uh, rationed on treats. Yes, of course. So every once in yeah. a while, we didn't have sweet cereals or anything like that. And every once in a while, something came into the house like this. We were very enthusiastic about it. Now I see them on craft tables, and I'll go nope. And then a yeah, it's later. funny. You still see them on craft service tables. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I was no, looking at this says, way. Yeah. Nothing says your mom's slept in like Pop-Tarts for breakfast. <laughs> 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 Nothing says mom's hungover. Like, this is, you look, and this is what we're having. This is it. A glass of milk and a Pop-Tart. Now, get out of here. I preferred hot cross buns. My mom would get those just with melted butter on them. They could be hot, too, but... Love hot cross buns. Well, good for you. It's the time of year being Ash Wednesday. We get into the whole uh, the hot cross buns are an Easter thing, right? So yeah, and, and, and you know, a, a, a thin slice of cheddar on it with so the combination <laughs> of the the cheddar cheese and the yeah, raisin oh, yeah. that is in in the hot cross bun Damn. is I like fantastic. Dan, what's the difference between a priest and a hot cross bun? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, guys, listen, it's almost time to say goodbye. And that's a sad time for the How Man because I won't have anybody to play and make nonsense with until tomorrow morning. No more non-dad jokes. Yeah. Day. Yeah, I have to go and, about uh, my you're business. Gonna have the Catholics, you're going to have the Catholics all over you again, Howard. You know, Good. the Jewish guy defending the Jews. And then he's mm, out Jews. there taking shots at priests. You know, yeah, fuck him. what's that? What's that all about? That, you know. with, I'll tell you what that's about. I fucking hate him. <laughs> oh, nice um, Is that your only story, Dan, today? Mm. Well, I was going to go back We can put this off till tomorrow Oh no, we've got I, nothing else to do what, Do you want a second oh, story right. music introduction? And now with a second story that he was going to put off until tomorrow So he had less to do on Thursday Here is <laughs> Daniel J With his second story Alright, well, remember, remember yesterday <clears throat> um, Vaguely <laughs> yeah, which one was that? Is that the day? I, wait, Dan, was that is that the day I went golfing, or is that the day I went golfing? Yeah. 
Yesterday, I uh, I had a fail. Remember, I couldn't find the. Uh, I, I actually, what I had done with that uh, Tucker Carlson interview that I was yes, play a little the bit audio. Of. The audio that I couldn't get to the uh, get to air, I, I put it in a special spot, a special window, so that I could easily go to it, and then forgot that I had done that. So then I, that's mm-hmm. why I couldn't find it. It's still sitting there right on my computer, so I thought well, I'd, I'd just do it again. Here, to recap, oh, did we pay, play the, the special music? I'm sorry. I, 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 got I did play the, uh, I did, I okay. played All your right. second, I just did the okay. whole intro for crying out loud. Right. So anyway, there was some big, huge, uh, I don't know, some conference that uh, in Dubai that uh, Carlson was at. And he was being interviewed by an Egyptian uh, journalist. And here we go. This is what he was. Uh, this was the question that he posed to uh, Tucker Carlson. I'll, I'll, I'll use the devil's advocate. But advocate I, away. Yes. OK, I'll tell you. You should challenge in, in, in the rules of an interview, and you're a master in, in, your, in your business. Uh, it's not for me yep. to give you a lecture about that. But you should challenge some ideas. For instance, uh, you, you didn't talk about freedom of speech in, in Russia. You did not talk <laughs> about Navalny, about assassinations, about mm-hmm. about the restrictions on uh, opposition in the coming uh, elections. I didn't talk about the things that every other American media outlet talks about. Why? Yes, this because is my those question. are covered, and because I have spent my life talking to people who run countries in various countries and have mm-hmm. concluded the following that every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people, sorry. That's why I wouldn't want to be a leader. Um, that press restriction is universal in the United States. I know because I've lived it. I've you know, asked my former, you know, I, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, and I've done this for 34 years, and I know how it works. And- All right, well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it goes on like that. It's All just, right. <clears throat> just a shut slime up. ball. Slimy <laughs> shut up. fuck. That's how he talks. Fuck you. Fucking creep. Taco. People like that guy. Like, there's people that actually love They love him. I love Tucker. Um, Dan, this wasn't in your news, but this is just another story about Big Candy. Prices for... (laughs) (laughs) Just another... from Plucked from today's headlines, prices for Valentine's Day candy soar. Popular candy brands, including Sour Patch Kids... And Jolly Rancher are punishing last-minute Valentine's Day shoppers listing some products for well over double their typical prices. Sour Patch Kids were listed at uh, Walmart, usually one sixty-eight, are on today for five thirty-eight. While the uh, Gold Bears from Haribo's uh, regularly three twenty-three, priced at eight eleven. Again, once again, big candy. Big candy, yeah. Corn. Well, those are us. things you wouldn't give away at Valentine's. That's Halloween candy, isn't it? It's sour Patch Kids. Well, I don't know. Thing. Maybe because candy's all, candy's also a, a Valentine's Day thing. Yeah. Well, anything that's shaped like a heart or you know, that branded in some sort of like kisses or yeah, you know, like a heart chocolates or yeah, all those things are kind of well, they're very expensive today. Yeah. Unless you well, do what our yeah. Freddie did, which is just make one himself. A beautiful gouge. <laughs> a beautiful card mm-hmm. that he made himself. Yeah, it's just a lot of gouging going on in the yeah. world today. It's yeah. sad. Um <clears throat> and just let me finish by saying thank you, Ian. Um 
north of Disorder um, for uh, the dinner recommendation for tonight. And I was only kidding when I thought you were here. And I thought, oh, oh now I got to go with somebody. I don't. That was just a joke. That was a Humble and Fred joke. It's, mm. You know, it's a, been a storyline of ours for years. Yeah, if we don't were, like people. If <laughs> no, you, you were here, people. Ian, we would be playing bocce today and enjoying a beer. But mm. you're not here. Uh, he is booked <laughs> yeah, three weeks. <laughs> easy easy now you'd be having dinner with me tonight Ian, if you were here yeah mm-hmm. Dan, this condo oh yeah dan you held up some candy what kind of candy was that oh uh, it's a uh, cinnamon hearts <clears throat> man i love those Ugh. oh yeah i'm not even opening this i guess i'd keep going at it okay don't know how to stop once you start that kind of thing right well, i used oh, to love yeah. cinnamon hearts yeah. i used to love uh this is a weird i always found this a weird thing they sold at candy stores in my youth was those uh, cinnamon toothpicks. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's like hey, uh, seven-year-olds, you want to walk around like you're a 50-year-old? They pick in your teeth with these cinnamon toothpicks, but they were just weird. Uh-huh. How about this for a segue? Cinnamon, a Cinnamon Girl, a song by Neil Young. Oh, okay. He's coming, to the, he's coming to the Budweiser stage May 20th. <laughs> has just announced a tour that old, like, I mean, he lo- now there's a guy that looks old and tired. Yeah. And he, you know, he's going to rev it up for 16 shows, just one in uh, Canada, being Toronto Budweiser Stage, May 20th. And you know what he's doing with this one, too? You can only buy your tickets online or on on your phone, mobile. And they're non-transferable to keep them away from uh, scalpers. And if you want to sell them, you can only sell them now through this thing that Ticketmaster has called uh, Face Value Trade or something. So at least he's trying, which I like. Oh, so you, people can profit, so you can sell it for the same amount that you bought it for, kind of. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Okay, all right. And um, and the way they're selling them initially, they're not transferable, so that scalpers can't buy tons and then just immediately transfer them to other people for uh, enormous amounts of money. Is he still married to Daryl Hannah? Mm-hmm. Yep, they have a place on Stony Lake. If uh, One Neil Lake next to ours, <laughs> if Neil Young had sent you a note about Cabaretti, would you have said, uh, "Sure, come on over, Neil"? Or would you? I'd be all nervous. Yeah, I know. I uh, rewatched Kill Bill volumes one and two the other day, and Daryl Hannah plays one of the characters. She's the one with the eye patch. Her oh, character's yeah. name is L Driver. She was so good in that movie, and I'd forgotten how good that movie was. Yeah. But I will say, in, in Kill Bill Volume 1, Uma Thurman conservatively kills... Dan, remember, that, what was that movie you and I saw, The Killer Bee, where Jason Statham oh, yeah. kills everybody? <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was fucking nothing. Like, nothing compared to Uma Thurman and how many people she killed. It was fantastic. Well, there's a nice way to end our program. Yeah, it's a great song. It is. All right. Uh, okay, tomorrow it's all about the emails. That's uh, email Thursday. And then uh, we will have uh, an announcement tomorrow about uh, the coming weeks here on the Humble and Fred program when you can hear our program. Because, of course, we're here in the tropics and uh, we can't broadcast every day. It's a regulation. Mm-hmm. We would if we could. We need downtime. We, <laughs> we need some downtime. Well, and uh, it's a regulation. We're not allowed to broadcast all the time. Oh, that's right. Because of the yes, tariffs. That's right. 
Dan, there's yes, tariffs. There yes. Mm-hmm. The broadcast. There's the, uh, the, the aloe vera application uh, days mm-hmm. where you have to you know, recover right. from the sun. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, and different countries. They, they geoblock you. That's right. If you try to do too many shows. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. There's the Dominican and Mexico don't have a, uh, a treaty. There's a treaty with Canada about how many days you can broadcast. And uh, we're pushing it. We're pushing it, fellas. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to abide yes. by some of the treaty regulations. And again, it's too complicated for the average person to understand. <laughs> it's all about the fine print. Exactly. And uh, so we will see everyone tomorrow. And then after that, we will have some information uh, going forward. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, that email show is coming up tomorrow. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. It's not too late to tell us what you think. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. And you can help us out by telling your friends about us. Subscribe to the podcast, share an episode, maybe even rate it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, it's Valentine's Day. Share the love, and not Ahab the Arab, and enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?